I'm Shinaz Parikh, CEO of Penny Appeal South Africa. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with AccidentalMuslims.com and Penny Appeal. Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Hi, Rosa Parker, and you're listening to AccidentalMuslims.com. Assalamu alaikum, listeners. Welcome back to AccidentalMuslims.com. And thank you, Rosa, for welcoming us to your kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to be on this great platform. Sahib. Yeah, alhamdulillah, shukran. Assalamu alaikum uh, to the podcasters out there and the listeners. Shukran again. Today we have a very interesting program. When you think of the Cape Town International Convention Center, uh, iconic building in Cape Town, and we're meeting one of the people that uh, keeps it going. So I'm very excited. And, and, and like we said a bit uh, off air, um, it's always nice to find people within the community within uh, Cape Town that's actually running these iconic uh, centers. So Feroza, shukran for accepting our invitation. And we hope we can learn some insightful and valuable lessons, alhamdulillah. Thank you. So, the, the, key, the most important question is, who is Feroza Parker? Well, um, Feroza Parker is, I think, I'm a, firstly, I'm the CFO of the Cape Town International Convention Center. Um, I'm also a daughter, I'm a sibling, to um, two brothers and a sister. I'm an aunt, but yeah, I'm a qualified qualified chartered accountant. I'm born and bred Cape Townian. Um, lived all my life here, proudly Cape Townian. I mean, I started school at a very young age, at the age of four. Whoa, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, matriculated at the age of sixteen. Um, I think back then it was called sub A, started at, at 4A in grade, what is now called grade 1, didn't want to go to nursery school, matriculated with no business subjects, didn't know what I want to do, <laughs> I think that's quite normal at that age. I, I studied all the science subjects um, and when it came to being accepted at university, I got accepted for BCom, which was a sec- my second choice. Still didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I think eventually I just found a passion for accounting and pursued my career and eventually qualified. So in school you had no interest in, in accounting? In your- I, s- I just think I didn't think about it because I think you sort of molded to go into the science field. Um, and I think that was always the focus to your physics and your maths um, because you end up you end up having a great career you're going to the medis- medical field um, there's so many options out there little did I know that if you actually enter the comms field there's just so many options um, and yeah I must say once I found the passion for it I enjoyed it so you were, you matriculated were 16 so did you graduate at 20 <laughs> <laughs> no, well, not quite, because uh, I didn't quite know what I wanted to oh, do. Okay. So I started off with BCom General, um, did some economics and industrial psychology. Okay. Um, then I realized, no, man, this is not for me. Let me go and um, pursue the finance 
um, subjects. So I swapped, I changed. And then I, uh, I completed my degree, got accepted for articles, and I said, now I'm going to take a gap year. Uh, I took a gap year, and the firm that um, wanted to appoint me for my articles was then called um, PKF. They said to me, fine, if you don't want to do your articles, come on board and join our small business department, which I did. Went, went into small business for a year. No, that's not for me because it's too mundane, it's the basic work. I then signed up articles a year later, went and studied further part-time and eventually qualified. After that, after qualifying, I stayed on at PKF for about two years. Then I said, no, auditing is enough for me now. I need to move on to commerce. And I joined um, the Premier Fishing Group as group um, financial manager. was there for two and a half years. Um, enjoyed it thoroughly. Fishing industry is just a very different industry. Um, it was going through a lot of change at the time in terms of quotas, etc. And then I decided, no, I need to move on and joined CTICC as a financial manager, moved. Um, I've been here now for 10 years, um, but I've moved also in the role from FM to chief financial officer in 2012. 10 years? Is the convention center around for 10 years? Well, this year it's going to be 15 years. Sure, when I joined, I think they just came out what they call their toddler years. I think it's now in the teenage years. Mm. Um, when I also joined, it was just this building. We now have a new baby across the road. Is there sibling love between the two buildings? Or? There's connectivity. There's connectivity, okay, that's good. There's going to be connectivity. It's not quite there, but I mean, eventually there will be a sky bridge linking the oh. two buildings. All right. So all, it's not done yet, the, the projects? Not complete. This, I mean, um, the building is operational, but it's just the last phase that still needs to be complete. So maybe let's, let's kick off the conversation there then. I mean, like I said in the introduction, the CTIC is obviously becoming this iconic building in Cape Town, especially in the CBD. Um, where do you guys see this building, this project? Is it pretty much done or is, or is there lots more exciting additions coming? I think the foreshore is lots of projects I mean, coming on board. Um, if you read about it in the media, there's um, this whole freeway that needs to be completed and there's affordable housing and there's still hotels and office blocks. So there's still a lot of development um, that's going to happen in that area. Um, whether it happens within the next 10 years or 50 years, I think one doesn't know. I mean, these projects do take time. And I mean, like when I started here, we when in 2007, we had started, well, I, when I got here, there was already engagement on the CTICC2 project, which was actually earmarked at what is known as Customs House. Okay. It was announced in the media that that's the site for CTICC2, and everyone was, all, all the, the green light, the ministers said, right, that's the site. We worked on business cases back then, like for that development, it was a completely different building, and that didn't come to fruition. So in about 2009, we realized that that site is not going to be earmarked. We need to find an alternate site, and that's when we moved over to looking at alternative, alternative sites, which was then the NASPERS site, which is the current site. Um, 
I mean, so if I look at it, it took 10 years um, for this building yeah. to be complete. And, and I know when I started, the discussions had already happened for an, an expansion when they built this existing building. So these things do take time because it's all the processes that need, needs to be followed in terms of, I mean, the meta process and um, funding. I mean, being it, we are an SOC, so many people don't know that. They think we're just a commercial business, but we're actually a municipal entity, our parent being the city of Cape Town. So there's lots of legislati legislative requirements that we have to go through. And, and, and mm. in terms of your day-to-day -day duties, at the I mean, we always see driving on past highway, you see this exhibition, this happening here. But in terms of you executing your duties and the mandate of the CTICC, what is the mandate of the CTICC? That's the it's interesting mandate. that you ask that question <laughs> because many people sometimes, like I said, many people don't even know that we're a municipal entity. Yeah. Basically, convention centers are set up in the world um, not to make a profit. The fact that we do... I think we just count ourselves lucky. I think it's because we're in Cape Town. So we, we're thankful for the mountain. <laughs> um, internationals do want to come to Cape Town. The uh, mandate, just to go back to your question, it's to create job, crea job creations. It's to grow the economy of the Western Cape. I know people in today's times, with the water restrictions, people are not too happy with these internationals coming here. But the reality is if we don't get the internationals coming here, it has an impact on the jobs. That is our mandate, and we've successfully managed to do that now for 15 years in terms of growing jobs and contributing to GDP. So I want to continue on this CDICC theme. What has been the most inspiring event or biggest event that you've hosted here at this, in this building? Sure, there's no, I think for me there's just been so many. I, I, I'd love to say there's one particular. Our focus is, I mean, international. Um, that's, I mean, the iconic, one of the iconic events that I worked, that was part of my time was the World Cup final draw. Mm. I think that was one of the biggest ones for me, personally, uh, being part of that, um, having important dignitaries here. And I think also to see how they transformed those walls into a different stage, I think that was just amazing. There's so many different types of events in terms of internationals. Um, we focus a lot on medical conferences. Um, and it's good to know that you're part of that connection. I mean, there's so many business deals that actually get signed here. Um, when we talk about like the big ones, the mining in Daba, the AFRICOM, then you have your bigger medical conferences like pulmonologists, the cardiologists, so it's quite interesting, although, I mean, I'm back of house. When I say back of house, I'm not really on the floor operational, but just to be part of it, um, you provide that support. Um, and obviously being involved in the financial strategy of the company. And I've seen, like I said, I've been here for a while, so I've seen some records being broken, like we've, we just keep on every year stretching those targets. So, And we've managed to success, successfully do that. And I say, I think... We are blessed, we're in Cape Town. So is it only the mountain or is it some secret recipe that people love coming to the CTICC? Why are you breaking records? <laughs> is it just I think it's the, the back of the up stuff? I think it's the together? people. Management, I, I'm assuming. No, no, I mean the people. The people <laughs> make this place. The reality is because you're in the service industry, it has to be the people. I, mean, I think we are, we are fortunate. Internationals do want to come to Cape Town. It's the beautiful city. 
if you think about other international destinations, we are unfortunately also not located centrally. So when we talk about the Europeans and the Americans, for them to come to Cape Town could also be, I mean, from a travel perspective, um, it's not that easy from a flights. But they do want to come to Cape Town because of our weather and Currency. Currency. <laughs> <laughs> Value for money, yes. Value for money, yeah. Okay, that's cool. I know you mentioned that you found your passion only in like for, for accounting, yeah, for economics, commerce, only post-university, um, not university, but post-school. Do you have any advice for the youth out there, especially that matric- matriculant doesn't know his passion or her passion? Yeah, I think for me, one of the things is like... Um, I don't give up easily. Um, so often you'll find that you do find something and, it, and it's tough. But I don't, don't give up, um, whatever you do. And you've got to try new things. If you don't try, you're not going to know. For I always say, the sky isn't the limit. There's a whole world above that sky. So you mustn't be afraid to try. Uh, I know many youth out there, um, they, they're afraid of failure. But it's okay. I mean, after failure, you will succeed. Mm. Uh, the important thing is just persevere, don't give up, and you've got to try all the time. I mean, if you're not going to try, you're not going to know. How big is your team? Well, I have a team. Look, the building, this building looks big. People think there's probably like a thousand people mm-hmm. working here, but there's only 180 permanent staff. The finance team is, funny enough, a very small component, only 20. We, like I said, we're a municipal entity, so there is a huge focus on supply chain management, which also falls under the finance team. So half the team is supply chain and looks after tenders and the difficult part of compliance. Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> Balancing cash books. Besides that. Well, I like I don't have any particular hobbies. I do love travelling. Um I like trying new things. I like when I'm traveling, I like to learn about people, the cultures, trying the new food. And I think for me, just spending time with my family and friends, I think that's important to me. You mentioned um, 20, a 20 team finance yeah. department. I'm using the right terminology. Um, you're the leader of that one at the moment. Correct, yeah. So, what sort of leadership model do you follow? Um, do you have a model? <laughs> um, you know, throughout the interviews, we, we've, we've seen many people take a very active role, and some with very passive that allow the team to, to flourish. What do you think in your experience over the last 10 years um, is the, mo- the best or the most suited to your environment? Because they obviously differ from mm. place to place. Look, I think I've, I must believe that I'm a very easygoing person. So... I believe you've got to lead by example. Um, that's quite key. I've got team members that's been with me for 10 years. I'm, for me, I also try to find what, f- with my team members, I like, to, I like to see what they are, what's where their strong points are, and grow them into that path. I mean, for me, I also, I'm not going to micromanage. People need to grow themselves. I'm a very easygoing person, so I'm very calm. I always, people say you're too calm, but I think that's how I get the best out of them. You allow them their own space, so to speak. Obviously, just manage it from a 
for my out- outcome sort of based thing. Okay, cool. Now, one of the reasons why I always ask that question is that there's a lot of people entering the job market. There's, they're going to be in, encountering bosses with different sorts of personalities. Um, maybe when you, st- when you started, what sort of leadership did you, were you most inspired by? Did you have mentors? That's the other thing. I didn't have any particular mentors, but I, uh, I mean, I, the leaders that I did have, for, for one of the key things is that you've got to give people an opportunity, and I think that's something that I've learned. The leaders that I did have gave me the opportunity. They pushed me to the limit um, in order for me to grow. I mean, and I think they've always, uh, it's the, the trust is very important. You've got to have a trust relationship with your uh, both ways with your staff and um, top down as well um, and it's important I think for me when I speak about relationships with the staff and people because these days it's so common you technology wise people have become so accustomed just to sending emails nobody speaks to each other over the phone any longer so <coughs> I think I still install that I say you can email, I don't have a problem, but also don't forget you can't speak to the person. The person's only one floor up <laughs> or one floor down or in the office next door. So I try not to lose that people's side as well. How do you define success? Um, yeah, that to me, I know people think what is success? Is it material things? Is it climbing the corporate ladder? But I don't know. It's, for me, it's not one word. And it's also a continuous journey for me. I think the, one of the things that I always live by is that happiness is the key to success, not the other way, uh, other way around. Success is not the key to happiness. I think if you can be happy in life, you're successful. And of course, everybody finds happiness in different ways. Therefore, success is broad. Alhamdulillah. What I like about that question across uh, Khalil, especially is all our guests give a different perspective on what is success. And that actually just tells me that uh, if we never knew that we were different from each other, I think that's why that question, um, it, it gives us a glimpse into the people we may not speak to, uh, the people on the train, the people stuck in traffic with us. That we all have similar outcomes, similar ideals, but we differ in the fundamental aspects as well. And uh, I think happiness is universal, just as uh, many people universally look for success as well. And even, even happiness is also personalized. What what makes you happy is different yeah. to other people as well. That's true. That's true. Just a question. So as CFO, well, in, in the, obviously running this finance department, do you have any do you have any range in terms of uh, creativity? Like, can you be creative in being like having this role of CFO, or is it just mundane, really tedious type of? Look, I think in my I, in this business, in this organization, there's no two days that are the same. So okay. you come in. I mean, there are you um, required reporting and these are the routine. But I mean, there's always something different happening. You're always expected to come up with a solution. I mean, we also very much um, we client centric. So um, We've always, one of our, our slogans right in the beginning was, if you can imagine it, we can host it. So we never say no. Um, we're always trying to try and find a solution. And, and, and solution for me is, like, like I said, we back of house. 
we're not on the, the we're not the client facing department or part of the team but we also need to provide that support so often clients will come in with this requests that um, especially the internationals and we try to find a solution um, to make sure that we have a happy customer and a returning customer because I think that's important for sure what is your biggest confidence here in terms of attendance like what's the what's the maximum well when we talk when we speak about conferences um, I, the biggest one that they had which was before my time um, was it was about 15,000 people okay Look, we have the, the bigger one, like uh, what's upcoming now. We had like the mining in Taba, which just happened in February, so we, we speak about 7,000 people. One of the big events, um, which happens annually also, which is the Cape Town International Jazz Festival. That mm. one's quite big. Has it ever been a double booking at the Cape Town Convention Center? <laughs> 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 can, I, can I give you that answer off here? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Look, um... <laughs> Like just a say, day where it just goes wrong. No, yeah. behind the scenes, incline will never know what really happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some serious <laughs> things that do go wrong, but we always make sure, we somehow manage to make sure that it doesn't affect the client drastically. I mean, the, I mean there's been days we walk in where the setup's incorrect or the deco hasn't arrived or... and. There's been some clients that have been difficult. Look, like I said, I'm not client-facing, but it does come through eventually to our attention. And by then, you've got to deal with the client and try and resolve it. Is there a checker here? It's an facility. Yes, there is one. There's, in fact, one right next to in this venue where we're sitting. And then in the new building, there's also one, and the new one has a Hulu facility as well. Wow. So awesome. this one doesn't, and the intention is eventually to have the Udu facility. It's brilliant. Do you have any favorite Quranic story or verse? I mean, if you don't, it's fine. There is, yeah. I think for me, what one of the favorite ones that stand out for me is um, around Surah Yusuf, mm. where there's so many lessons around patience, forgiveness. Um, we, I mean the lessons to be learned that I think the heartbroken will find happiness, the imprisoned will be le- released. Yeah, and those those that have been that has been lost shall return. And I think the important thing for me is that you must always put your trust in Allah. I think if you put your trust in Allah, you're protected. You won't you won't be harmed. I think that's quite important. And if you oppose him you just won't benefit. I think that's that's always remember to put your trust in Allah. What are you most grateful for as you're sitting here? Besides being on the spot. <laughs> I must say that I am grateful for, for, for being given this opportunity. I think, <laughs> like I said, I'm pretty much a behind-the-scenes person. Um, but I think I'm grateful for many things. I mean, you always one of the first things you are always grateful is your health. I think the laugh, I'm grateful for laughter when it breaks that serious moment. Hmm. I think I'm grateful for my family that's always caring for me. Today's your last day, so you're going to die. But you only have enough energy to say a few words. What will you tell us, or maybe your loved ones, besides your kalima? 
difficult question. It is. Yeah. Mm, it is. Right. But we want people to reflect, you know. Because yeah. there are many jobs there. Mm-hmm. I think I part of mean. why we ask that question mm. is like Khalil said, it's for, it's for people to reflect, it's for us to reflect. Mm. Um, and I think it stems into our previous question about what are we grateful for as well. Mm. I think uh, everything is connected. Uh, we're grateful if we find happiness in certain things. I think it's it's Quranic injunction as well mm-hmm. for us to be reflected. If I didn't, I mean, if it was my last day, I would have just made sure that I thanked and be appreciative towards everyone. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, the big thing is to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite key for me. Sure. I think the reason, also one of the reasons why we ask this question, because we tied up, by tied back up to our slogan, which is to live with purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if you know, it, I mean, we lost. We want people to reflect on yeah. death. For you know? me, the key thing is like making sure that you've asked people for forgiveness. That's the and appreciative. Let people know that how thankful you are for what they've contributed to, to you in your life. I think that's quite key for me. Sure. Fairza, thank you for... Can you sign up? Did we ask her how to describe herself? So how do you describe yourself in three words? You gave us calm. Is that one of your descriptions? Of I would say I'm adaptable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Easygoing. I believe I'm adventurous. I... Okay. There's so many things that I still need to do in life around some adrenaline stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you, say, say, adventurous, love, like, what? <laughs> you're calm, but you're looking for adrenaline. <laughs> I'm calm in a situation. Okay, I, okay. So oh, that's why you can handle the adrenaline stuff. Yeah, so, so what adventures have you been on? I'm not, I mean, I haven't done the oh, crazy stuff. Oh, Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's your normal stuff mm. I have. I've done parasailing. Okay. Um, my team has just booked me to go for... Um, what? jumping. No, no, the other one. Paragliding. Oh, okay. wow, that's cool. So I I do want to do, do those things. So it's, it's all on my bucket list. Okay, good. That's good. Keep yeah. you ready for the, for the business ends of the sure. Cape Town International Convention Center. I think, Farosa, shukran for your time. We appreciate it. Um, I know that uh, our listeners, and I know Khalil as well, uh, we appreciate when our guests give some of their time to us. To share, because in the end, this is a platform to share, to inspire, and like we said earlier, our slogan is "Live with Purpose." A lot of people miss that comma, and that comma is always to be there for purpose, and that is that we must just reflect. Um, sometimes we reflect through the experience of our others, but we also need to reflect on our own lives. So, shukran for sharing a bit of yourself, and uh, yeah, keep us in your eyes. So maybe next time, our next podcast, part two, we can record on the Sky Bridge. When is that due? Well, it's meant to be this year, okay. by the end of this year. So, so you're going to bungee jump off the Sky Bridge? <laughs> I sure. think it's too low. Oh, is it too low? Okay. Let's think of another. Who knows? It may be an initiative of something that we'll do. Only. Yeah, but I just want to say thank you once again for giving me this opportunity. And I want to wish AccidentalMuslim.com all the best. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast. Be sure to tune in next time. Proudly brought to you by Penny Appeal South Africa. Small change, big difference. So that's it for today's show. We hope we added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests is inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at AccidentalMuslims.com. 
If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.